<laughs> I didn't get her this time. No hashtag yawn gang. Uh, so is everybody ready to learn more stuff about Judah today? Oh, I got her. I got her. She, she was holding it back, but I just looked over and she was like, ah. I tried so hard. <laughs> yawn gang. Anyways. So are you ready to learn more about Judah today? Yeah. I'm ready. You're going to teach me about Judah? Yes. We're totally going to learn stuff about Judah. In case you guys don't remember last time, Hezi took the throne because a Hasajob died. Now, Hezi wants to get back to sucking Yahweh's dick the correct way. Mm. First, he has to clean up Yahweh's dick sucking building, though. They did this uh, to Moses' specs specifically because apparently God likes those particular rules for Heezy <laughs> then sacrificed a whole lot of animals to atone for sins because that's the non-ridiculous thing to do is, you know, slaughter a bunch of animals. Um, they then uh, covered the temple in blood uh, of the animals, uh, which the priest then said, oh, I just cleaned that. <laughs> Each Levite had a job. Uh, they played David's music with David's instruments. So basically what they had is like uh, one of those DJ turntables. Yeah. Like that was one of the Levites job. Another Levite was doing that piano guitar thing. And uh, then another person had a th what, 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 theremin. What's that thing that they use to play the uh, Star Trek sound? I, I think that might be the thing. Anyways, they had one of those things. I don't know, but the the DJ was off the hook. I think I, I think Heezy actually did some DJ DJing. Well, so the the piano thing is called a keytar. A keytar. Mm -hmm. Ah, they had a keytar, guys. Heezy then told the people to bring more animals to slaughter for his masturbatory needs. Uh, apparently, that was a thing. Uh, they burnt and killed thousands of animals in order to please God's bloodlust. Heezy then invites everybody to Passover. Um, some people were fucking up but had good intentions, so Heezy asked God to forgive them. And he did, because otherwise they would have all burst into flames, because we know that's what God does. He shoves fireballs up their asses or hadoukens them in their brown star. Mm. They then did two weeks of sacrificing and praising God with magical blood rituals. They destroyed the idols of other gods before everybody was sent home. So fuck those other gods. Heezy then rehanded out the jobs to the to the Levites and reordered the tithing, but there was so much tithe that came in that it made Joel Austin jealous. So they had to build extra rooms for all of the tithes, and that's when socialism happened. And the right wing politicians now don't really like to talk about it all that often. So maybe we should just skirt by this particular issue because socialism is wrong and bad, even though it's in the Bible. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Also, they did not use the theremin for Star Trek. 
Oh, they did not? No, it sounds like it, but they did not. They used a theremin is right, which you're, that's the right instrument you're thinking of. Oh, okay. But they did not use one. They used a combination of various instruments and actually vocals to get the sound. Really? So everybody that goes, oh, oh is, <laughs> that's actually one of the instruments used to, to make that. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So today we're going to be learning more about Judah and all of the magic blood rituals that's going to be going on. Yeah, it's pretty gross. There's going to be gallons upon gallons of animal blood that is going to be magically, uh, de- well, they're going to be declared magical and they're going to be spread everywhere and everybody's going to dance in the blood. And, um, I don't know why. Yeah. Earlier we were talking about before when we were off air, we were talking about how like horrifying this scene would be to come upon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you'll see what we're talking about. Just imagine, just imagine walking into Jerusalem or, uh, Judah in general and like seeing people like slaughter a goat and then play in its blood. Like at that point, you're just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to come back a different time because this just does not seem mentally stable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, dancing around, playing instruments, um, covered in blood, blood everywhere, carcasses everywhere. Like this people cutting up animals, cutting out parts of animals, because that's how you have to do the sacrifices, right? You pull out the liver, you got to pull out the different parts, the intestines, like you got to pull out the different parts and separate. And so this is just skin them. You know, you're going to regret me saying this. I regret you saying a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen Blade? Yeah. um, If I say yes, will you? Nope. We're going to watch it. Um, (laughs) That's the one with um, Wesley Snipes, right? mm -hmm. I think I have seen that. And he's a half vampire that can walk in the daylight. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. We don't have to watch it. Oh, we do have to watch it. it. It's a classic. I've seen it. It's a classic. Mm -mm. It's a good. It's a classic. Anyways, the more you say that, it doesn't make it more desirable. But it's still true. Okay. <laughs> but in the opening scene of Blade, you have a guy that's getting invited to this party because they're planning on eating him, right? And <laughs> <laughs> at the very beginning, it's in this uh, rave that's at a meatpacking plant. And so basically he gets in there and then it starts raining blood from uh, above Mm -hmm. and they're playing instruments and they're dancing in the blood. That is pretty much what, what's going on here. I mean, I think that that's going to actually be the thumbnail for this. It's just (laughs) a part of that scene where it's just everybody dancing in the blood and it's like, Oh, this is definitely mentally. Okay. Yeah. This is normal. Totally normal. (laughs) Everything's fine. It reminds me of that dog in the fire, the cartoon. Yeah. That's sitting at the table and he's this like, is fine. this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready to get into it? Yes. Okay. So we're going to be going over uh, Second Chronicles uh, chapters 29, 30, and 31. And uh, I, there's nothing else incorporated here. Just we're going to straight read through. You ready? Yep. Okay. So kind of like John said previously, we were, no, this wasn't the last episode because we were doing uh, prophecies from Isaiah last time. But um, I think it was two episodes ago, we talked about how 
Ahaz, who was the king of Judah, who was really bad, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Worshipped other um, other gods, worshipped Assyria's gods, brought home stuff from Assyria and the king of Assyria to kind of like king worship the other king and that king's gods. And it was a very bizarre situation, this what Ahaz had established here in, in Judah, especially because Judah all the time had been better than every other place, you know, Mm -hmm. every other group of people in Israel. Um, Judah was always better than Israel as far as worshiping God. Right. Right. So for this to be happening in Judah was at the, at the amount that it was happening in Judah was odd. Yep, to, to say, say the least. Yeah, to say the least was odd. So his son, and we're not really sure how his son is so uh how how worshiping the God of Israel is so important to his son, Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. But Ahaz's son, when Ahaz dies, because that's the last thing that had happened, Ahaz died and Hezekiah became king. Um Hezekiah is very dedicated to um the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. And following the books of Moses, it's very important to him. And so he makes the mo- the most massive uh, reforms in all of Israel and Judah since the days of Jehoshaphat. Like he goes in and just does all kinds of shit to try to get p- the the Judean people back to what they're supposed to be. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, because he, I mean, he like pretty much probably anybody doesn't want the wrath of God. Right. Right. They don't want the wrath of God. And he thinks that it's important to show God that, you know, they can change and be better. So he tries to do that. Um, so we're going to start in second Chronicles 29 in the first month of the first year of his reign. He being uh, Hezekiah right. opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites assembled them in the square on the east side and said, listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary to the God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord has fallen on Judah and Jerusalem and has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn. As you can see with your own eyes, this is why our fathers have fallen by the sword and why our sons and daughters and wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him and to burn incense. <clears throat> so he's giving you his motivation. This is why. Mm-hmm. This is why we need to do this because our fathers are being killed, our kids and wives are in captivity. We need to shape our shit up. Yeah, because obviously, if you start sucking God's dick, then God's like, you know, maybe I'll save your kin. Yep. I mean, that's how that's how things work. I mean, even now. Yeah. So I'm about to butcher some names. Are you ready? Oh, I love butchering names yeah. like butchering bulls. <laughs> then these Levites set to work from the from the Kohothites. Mahath son of Emesai and Joel son of Azariah from the Merarites, Kish son of Abdi and Azariah son of 
Jehalalel. 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 There are a lot of L's. There are four L's in this Jehalalel. Jehalalel. From the Gershonites, Joah, son of Zima, and Eden, son of Joah. From the descendants of Elizapham, Shimri and Jael. 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 We'll go with Jael. Jael. No, there's only one L. (laughs) (laughs) From the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah. From the descendants of Heman, Jehiel uh, and Shimei, from the descendants of Jeduthun, Shema, Shemaiah and Uziel. <laughs> you know, Jeduthun makes <laughs> that makes me laugh because I think of like Jack Black going Jadush and like <laughs> I don't know teabagging somebody or something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Ready? <laughs> I'm done with names for right at the moment. Okay. okay. Sorry. I know that was, I, if it was a long, long list, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it kind of like we did way early on when we were going through um, the Pentateuch. Right. Yeah. And I didn't do it um, because it's just, it's boring and it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Stumbling over all of these names. Plus it doesn't matter. It does not matter what they're called. Right. Right. I mean, we could call them anything as, as you've heard, if you've listened to this for a long time, we had Becky's trailer park and all no, kinds of yeah. shit going on. So I missed the trailer park. I know, I know. I think we left that when, when we started getting enslaved by the Egyptians. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we left we the trailer have, park. Yeah, because we, we got taken from the trailer park. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. When they had assembled their brothers and consecrated themselves, they went in to purify the temple of the Lord, as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out to the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. Because if you remember, Ahaz, he, not, he brought in... A bunch of idols and built a new altar um for yeah. uh the king of um assyria and start- actually disassembled the temple of the god of israel mm-hmm. and pulled the sides off and all kinds of stuff so they had to take out a bunch of shit from the temple and rebuild things yeah god was pissed yeah, about was that pissed. yeah he was um they began Let's see. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month. And uh, and they're talking about uh, the first day of the first month of Hezekiah's rule. Right. Okay. And by the eighth day of the month, they reached the portico of the Lord. For eight more days, they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing on the 16th day of the first month. Then they went in to King Hezekiah and reported, we have purified the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering with all of its utensils and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all of its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now in front of the Lord's altar. So early the next morning, King Hezekiah gathered the city officials together and went up to the temple of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven male lambs, and seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. The king commanded the priests, the descendants of Aaron, to offer these on the altar of the Lord. 
So they slaughtered the bulls and the priests took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Next, they slaughtered the rams and sprinkled their blood on the altar. Then they slaughtered the lambs and sprinkled their blood on the altar. The goats for the sin offering were brought before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. The priests then slaughtered the goats and presented their blood on the altar for a sin offering to atone for all Israel, because the king had ordered the burnt offering and the sin offering for all Israel. He stationed, so that's, you know, we've already got, we've just started here with the priests and the king. Mm-hmm. And we've already got all these animals. Yeah. Like, slaughtered oh yeah because they love killing animals and doing magical blood rituals all of this shit is just magical blood rituals can you imagine now if you walked upon a person and they were like hey or you were like hey what what are you doing to that goat and they're just like well i'm gonna rip its throat out and then bleed it dry and i'm gonna take a bath in its blood (laughs) because that's what my god wants and it's like, and you're just like, oh, that's normal. Like, I mean, you wouldn't have that kind of reaction. But these people, I mean, it's like, oh, well, we're going to bleed these goats dry and then we're going to burn their carcasses um, so that our non non sky daddy, because they don't like it when you when you say that it's a sky. Yeah. You know, father figure. Because God lives everywhere. Yeah. But they have to burn it so that it God can smell it for some reason. Like uh, he loves this 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 smell of burning flesh. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, when you cook a steak, it smells pretty good. Oh yeah, I I agree, it does. <laughs> but but no, but I mean, it 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 only smells good up until it's done. But they're burning things to like ash, ash. Yeah. Well, some of it. I mean, some of it they they cook like they burn right, and then they eat. Oh. Because you know, portions of it they they're allowed to eat. So they're just talking about making a hamburger? Um, no, not really. They don't. They don't. As far as I know, they don't <laughs> grind up the meat. They just cut different pieces out and stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. He stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres for the way in the way prescribed by David and Gad, the king's seer, and Nathan, the prophet. This was commanded by the Lord through his prophets. So the Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah, and, and I, I guess before we continue, this is, it's interesting because he's Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. He's really going far back. Like he's going all the way back to how they wanted it in the in the books of Moses. Right. And this kind of stuff uh, like this hasn't been done for quite some time. Right. In in these parts. So I'm one it's probably new to a lot of the people living in judah (laughs) but i mean in that light i mean can you can you just imagine how they initially reacted to like him being like this is what moses says it's like wait a second so we've got to drain all of these animals uh, collect their blood right and then burn their carcasses some of them to ash some of them we can have steaks um and and then we have to do what with the blood we got to sprinkle it on the temple Oh, that thing that we just spent two weeks cleaning? Fuck. <laughs> well, consecrate. So, cleaning, clean in this context is different than clean how we would see it. 
Mm-hmm. This is clean according to the Bible, which oh. is different. It's not like disinfected and sanitized. Right. That's not what they mean. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's clean according to the books of Moses, mm. which means special shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, part of the priest being clean is themselves being consecrated with like the blood and stuff, like consecrated and cl- being clean is. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's not like washing your hands. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, oh, so you're clean enough for God now. And he's like covered in blood and stuff. It's like, yeah, yep. I'm good to go for God. Yeah. Clean for God. Okay. Haven't been around a dead body for seven days. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you got a little bit of blood on your lip there. (laughs) Uh, Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. As the offering began, singing to the Lord began also, accompanied by trumpets and the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly bowed in worship. While the singers sang and the trumpets played, all this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. When the offerings were finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshipped. King Hezekiah and his officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. So they sang praises of with gladness and bowed their heads and worshipped. So this is this is the Levites, the priests, and uh, King Hezekiah and his officials. Okay, that's the group we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Then Hezekiah said, you have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought sacrifices and thank off- thank offerings and all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. So that now we're expanding it to more people, right? The assembly, right. this is more, this is people in Judah. Uh, the number of burnt offerings the assembly brought was 70 bulls. A hundred rams and two hundred male lambs, all of them for burnt offerings to the Lord. The animals consecrated as sacrifices amounted to six hundred bulls and three thousand sheep and goats. The priests, however, were too few to skin all of the burnt offerings, so their kinsmen, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished and all other priests had been consecrated. For the Levites had been more conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. There were burnt offerings in abundance together with the fat of the, fo- of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings that accompanied the burnt offerings. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. And Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God brought about for his people because it was done so quickly. Mm-hmm. So now we've killed nearly 4,000 animals. Right. And, you know, they recognize, hey, we don't have enough priests to like skin and gut all these fucking animals. So they had the Levites help them skin and gut them. I'm sure they were thrilled about having to massacre a whole bunch of animals. I mean, I probably didn't bother them. <laughs> well, if this was all new to them, then it well, might have. So that's that's my that's my guess. Now, Ahaz uh, was king for sixteen years. So, the king before him mm-hmm. was, I think, Jotham. Was Jotham king before him? Mm, I don't know. Jotham. Yeah. So Jotham was king before him, and Jotham was king for sixteen years. So, um, you know. I'm not going to say they <laughs> they've been doing bad shit for a long time. Ahaz was the worst. They there were probably people who had seen sacrifices before mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and who had participated in sacrifices before, but it was not widespread. It wasn't large as the, you know, all of Judah kind of deal. Right. And it certainly was not to this extent. Um, thousands and thousands, not for a long time. They used to do this. We, you know, we've, we've had other Bible podcasts where they've slaughtered thousands. Oh, I mean, yeah. there was one where it was like a hundred thousand, wasn't it? I mean, it's crazy. There's, they, this was not an uncommon thing earlier on. It became right. less common. Right. So it's not to say that they'd never seen sacrificing or anything like that, but to this extent with this amount of people, with this amount of animals, I think was probably definitely something different. There was something different about this than what anybody there had probably experienced before. Right. Yeah. So now that the temple has been consecrated, the priests and the Levites have been consecrated. They have reestablished the temple. Um, the, service of the temple was reestablished by this recent slaughter. Um, Now they're going to invite people from the outside, not people in Judah, like Israelites. Okay. Right. So Hezekiah said, so I'm sorry for interrupting. Basically it's like, all right, Judah, you get first crack at, you know, fucking destroying all these animals and (laughs) dancing in their blood. And then we're going to invite all the rest of the Israelite um, Hebrew type people yeah so but they invited them for passover okay okay so hezekiah sent word to all of israel now we're starting a uh, second chronicles chapter 30 mm-hmm. okay so hezekiah sent word to all of israel and judah and also wrote letters to ephraim and manasseh inviting them to come to the temple of the lord in jerusalem and celebrate the passover to the lord the god of israel the king and his officials and the whole assembly in jerusalem decided to celebrate the passover in the second month Mm-hmm. They had not been able to celebrate it at the regular time because not enough priests had consecrated themselves and the people had not assembled in Jerusalem. The plan seemed right both to the king and to the whole assembly. They decided to send a proclamation throughout Israel from Beersheba to Dan, calling all people to come to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. It had not been celebrated in large numbers according to what was written. Okay. Okay. At the king's command, couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the king and from his officials, which read. So this next portion I'm going to read to you is what the message to everyone that they got all these letters. This is what they said. Okay. Okay. The people of Israel return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may return to you who are left, who have escaped from the hands of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of their fathers, so that he made them an object of horror, as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were. Submit to the Lord. Come to the sanctuary where he is consecrated forever. Serve the Lord your God so that this his fierce anger will turn away from you. If you return to the Lord, then your brothers and your children will be shown compassion by their captors and will come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So they opened it up to all of these people and invited them. Hey, encourage them. Come back to God so we can basically not be this object of horror and terror and uh, being held captive and 
you know, all of these things that have happened to them. So wait, is it, is, is all the blood and, and animal sacrifice and stuff? Is that just so that they'll scare anybody that would think about fucking with them? You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it seems reasonable. If I, <laughs> if I came upon that and I was like, I was like a militia or like an army and I came upon that and saw these people like dancing in around these carcasses and blood and shit everywhere. Playing instruments, playing instruments and all of this. I, I would probably turn the fuck around. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, we're going to go fuck up these Judeans. And it's like they could walk in, to, in there and you just see everybody throwing blood everywhere. Or organs and, and shit. <laughs> and then some, some guy runs out in front of him and is like, ah! And then <laughs> runs away playing like his harpsichord or whatever the fuck they're playing. And it's, it's like, you know what, guys? Just come back another day. Mm, just, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely fucked up. <laughs> so the couriers went from town to town in Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but the people scorned and ridiculed them. Nevertheless, some men of Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. A very large crowd of people assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month. They removed the altars in Jerusalem that cleared away the, and cleared away the incense altars and threw them in the Kindron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took up their regular positions as prescribed in the laws of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood handed to them by the Levites. Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lamb for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate their lambs to the Lord. Although most of the people who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets his heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even if he is not clean, according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I think this is interesting because they recognize that Hezekiah recognizes that these people are not ceremonially clean. They're not consecrated. They're not doing everything exactly as the the laws of Moses say to, um, but that their heart is in the right place and they are seeking God, which is an improvement upon what was going on before. And so he recognizes that they're trying and though they aren't perfect, um, they're doing good. So this is how Hezekiah is seeing it. But he also knows that if they're not perfect, God will shove fireballs up their ass. Hadouken <laughs> is, you know, that's uh, technically, so, that's what he does. That's so, the fireball. So he still feels the need to pray to God and ask for their pardon because they are seeking him. And so they're, they're doing better than they were. They're trying, they're making an effort, they're seeking and they're worshiping you. They're just not doing it exactly as prescribed, but Ideally, the the idea is they would get there, right? They'll get there. We haven't done this in a long time, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they 
he prays for their forgiveness because apparently they need to be forgiven for not being properly consecrated and taking all the steps like the oil on the earlobe and the blood between your two middle toes and like all the other dumb shit you have to do to be consecrated and Mm -hmm. ceremonially clean. Right. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting that he, (laughs) this is, this is kind of the first time that it's been recognized that they're not perfect, but it's okay because they're trying. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time that there's been a recognition of that. But still, you had Heezy that was like, yo, God, I know they fucking up, but, yeah. you know, it's all for a good thing. So maybe not Hadouken them. Yeah, they're trying. They're, they're <laughs> trying. So they're seeking you. Their hearts well, are seeking you. So maybe let this let let their sins slide. Right. Of, you know, not doing it perfectly right. Right. Well, I just I find it I find it funny that some omni benevolent God has to be convinced not to shove a fireball up it, its congregants asses. Over something, over something tr- that's trivial. that's really trivial. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not trivial to him because it's how it's written in the Book of Moses. But it's something that's small and petty and doesn't matter in the general grand scheme of things. It really doesn't matter, well, right? And like, I don't have to be convinced not to like beat my son when he makes a small mistake over something, you know? So, I mean, I don't have to be convinced of that. Why does this omni benevolent God have to be convinced to not be a dick? Well, I mean, because, because the purpose of the God character is to instill fear upon people. Mm -hmm. And if you lose, if you lose the fear factor, there's not really a motivation to follow him if they're not afraid of the consequences of not doing so. They have to be afraid of the consequences of not doing what they're told to do in order to do those things. Right. And I just, I find it, find it really odd how like one of the main tenets of, uh, of like the not like knowledge in the Bible is like, fearing god like Mm -hmm. that's one of the major ways that you have knowledge according to the bible is that you fear god and that's just i don't know i I feel like that that should make like a a bell go off in your head that maybe this is some fuckery that you don't need to get into yeah it's definitely rule by fear which i think is I think is manipulative and abusive. I feel like rule by fear is abusive. There's no reason you should need to rule by fear. If mm-hmm. you're if you're good and you're just and you're right, you don't need to rule by fear. Right. There's literally no reason to do that. So, I mean, the rule by fear is like a ego narcissistic thing from well, the ruler. Well, I feel that it's a very primitive version of like leadership. Yeah, I I feel like it it comes from a very primitive place where, you know, the the leader of a group was feared. And so, like, you didn't want to get out of line because the leader would definitely Hadouken something up your ass. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's how that's how rulers worked then. Mm -hmm. And other people in other areas would fear them, too. So they wouldn't other people wouldn't come fuck with them. And so one of the ways that they controlled people was through fear. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people still do that now. I mean, that's I mean, that's what religion is built upon is is fear. Not not all religion, but certainly the certainly the um, Abrahamic religions. Right. Absolutely. The entire thing is built on fear. 
right. for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I am ready. Okay. My so, butthole's puckered. <laughs> so, uh, we, we ended up, the Lord heard Hezekiah asking, you know, asking for their pardon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he healed, and God healed the people. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with great rejoicing, while the Levites and priests sang to the Lord every day, accompanied by the Lord's instruments of praise. Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good understanding of the service of the Lord. For the seven days, they ate their assigned portion and offered fellowship offerings and praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. Mm -hmm. The whole assembly agreed to celebrate the festival seven more days. So for another seven days, they celebrated joyfully. Hezekiah, king of Judah, provided a thousand bulls and 7,000 sheep and goats for the assembly. And the officials provided with them a uh, thousand bulls and 10,000 sheep and goats. A great number of priests consecrated themselves. The entire assembly of Judah re- rejoiced along with the priests and Levites and all who had assembled from Israel, including all the aliens who had come from Israel and those who lived in Judah. There was great joy in Jerusalem for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people and God heard them for their prayer had reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. So this acknowledges something like this has not happened since the days of old, since the time of David. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a big deal. What's going on right now? I mean, they, this is, you know, nearly 20,000 more animals where we're killing. Yeah. Uh, more blood to Tansen. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So, when this all ended, the two weeks of of Passover, you know, Feast of the Unleavened Bread that they're celebrating, when these two weeks had, had completed, the Israelites who were there went out to the towns of Judah and smashed the sacred stones, cut down the Asherah poles. They destroyed the high places and the altars throughout Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh. After they had destroyed all of them, the Israelites returned to their own towns and own property. So... They are bringing this outside of Judah and destroying all of the worship to other things, the the idolatry. Idolatry was basically destroyed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hezekiah um, also made some other reforms. Okay. And this is, um, we're in... Uh, Second Chronicles 31 now. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Hezekiah assigned the priests and Levites to divisions, each of them according to their duties as priests or Levites, to offer burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, to minister, to give thanks and sing praises at the gates of the Lord's dwelling. The king contributed from his own possessions for the morning and evening burnt offerings and for the burnt offerings on the Sabbaths, new moons, and appointed feasts as written in the laws of the Lord. He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion do the priests and Levites so that they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord. So he's reestablishing tithing Mm -hmm. for the Levites and priests. As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave their first fruits of their grains, new wine and oil and honey and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount of a, a great amount, a tithe of everything. The men of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord their God. And they piled them in heaps. They began doing this in the third month and finished in the seventh month. 
When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw the heaps, they praised the Lord and blessed the people Israel. Hezekiah asked the, pre- asked the priests and Levites about the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest from the family of Zadok, answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare, because the Lord has blessed his people, and this great amount is left over. Hezekiah gave orders to prepare storerooms in the temple of the Lord, and this was done. They faithfully brought the contributions, tithes, and dedicated gifts. Konaniah, a Levite, was in charge of these things, and his brother Shimei, Shimei was next in rank. Jehiel, Az- Azaziah, and Nahath, Azahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath and Benaniah were supervisors under Konaniah and Shimei, his brother, by appointment of King Hezekiah and Azariah, the official in charge of the temple of God. I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Kor, son of Imna, the Levite, keeper of the East Gate, was in charge of the freewill offerings given to God, distributing their contributions made to the Lord and also the consecrated gifts. Eden, uh, Meniamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah assisted him faithfully in the towns of the priests, distributing to their fellow priests according to their divisions, young and old alike. Mm-hmm. In addition, they distributed to the males three years old or more whose names were in the genealogical records, all who would enter the temple of the Lord to perform the daily duties or the or of their various tasks according to their responsibilities and divisions. And they distributed to the priests enrolled by their families in the genealogical records and likewise to the Levites 20 years old or more, according to their responsibilities and their divisions. They included all the little ones, the wives and the sons and daughters of the whole community listed in these genealogical records, for they were faithful in consecrating themselves. As for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who lived on the farmlands around the towns or in any other towns, men were designated to name to uh, designated by name to distribute portions to every male among them and to all who were recorded in the genealogies of the Levites. Mm -hmm. This is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah, doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God in everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law. Uh, and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. So, can you imagine a three-year-old getting just like a clump of, I guess, gold and tithe, whatever? Yeah. And, and the three-year-old's just like, well, I mean, clearly, what the fuck like, am I going to do with this? The, the parents, <laughs> clearly the parents or whoever was responsible for them would, you know, get it in their name. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, that's all for today. Okay. Yeah, that's where we end today. And next week, we are going to head back into Isaiah. Oh, um, yay. More prophecy about how bad we are. Yeah, 24, 25, 26, 20, uh, 32, 35. We're going to have a lot of Isaiah next week, all right? Mm-hmm. We're, he's going to talk. He's going to tell us of the last of days and how the earth will be devastated. Mm-hmm. And how they need to pray for salvation and deliverance. Um, There's also, he's also going to talk about the commitment of the believers and the condemnation of the wicked. Right. Um, He's going to reiterate that there is one God only, right? Mm -hmm. 
and that the wicked will eternally die, but the faithful will be resurrected. Right. Okay. Um, and there, there's going to be a few different themes along those lines. It's going to talk about how the wicked will be destroyed. There's no place for them, but there's a kingdom of righteousness and how they rejoice in those who are saved. Right. Yeah. So we're going to go through all of that next week. So we've got more Isaiah coming. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I love some Isaiah. The prophecy shit is always kind of interesting to me because of how it relates to Jesus um, in the New Testament. But um, I'm not sure if we're exactly going to be getting into that uh, just yet. I think we still I I think maybe maybe not next week, but the next we might be getting into some more jesus shit yeah i'm not sure we'll have to see yeah so anyways uh if you guys like today's uh bible podcast definitely smash that like button uh leave us a comment with what you thought about all this senseless blood magic yeah yeah uh, do you think the blood magic works uh are you a christian and you think the blood magic works obviously you at least think that human blood magic works well i mean catholics do the blood magic with the um eucharist every week well i mean everybody that believes that jesus died and atoned for their sins believes that that's blood 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 magic works Mm -hmm. so blood magic all around especially human blood magic so uh (laughs) next time we'll be getting into the prophecies and i guess we'll see you guys uh next week don't forget to stand up and use your voice bye heathen